Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Let's start in verse 37 again. We read this last week. Let's start again in verse 37. Acts chapter 2. And um, if you got it, say got it. (laughs) Y'all gonna get it. If you got it, say got it. All right. And let's just pray. Y'all make me nervous. So Father, in Jesus name, we just thank you, God. And again, we just set our heart before you and we ask for your help. Help us to hear, understand, and obey your word, God. We come ready to focus on your word, that your word will transform our life because it's your word. So we thank you, God. We thank you that we have ears to hear. We thank you that we have eyes to see. We thank you that we have hearts to understand. And we are ready and willing. And you make us able. So let your word prevail in our life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So Acts chapter 2, starting in verse, um, ooh, ooh, that's a big amen right there. That thunder is a big amen. So starting in verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to, uh, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? I want you to underline that, circle that. We talked about it last week, um, but we're, I'm, I, I don't know, I might spend a few weeks just kind of on this concept of what shall we do? I don't want to rush through this. I want, I want us to grab into this, like what shall we do? Because any heart Any heart that is a ready heart and a willing heart, when you approach the word of God, a ready heart and a willing heart is asking the question, what shall we do? Not what shall I think, not what do I need to pray about, but a heart that's going to be transformed by the word of God is a heart that has already already made the commitment of, I'm going to obey the word. I'm going to do what the word says. Not obedience motivated by fear. Not obedience in trying to be accepted, trying to earn something. But obedience in trying to learn something. And here's, here's what I mean by that. Y'all have heard me teach this before. But, but the word hear in Hebrew uh, is shema. And what it, what it means is to hear, understand, and obey. And so we come with a heart willing and ready to obey. We want to obey. We're not just because sometimes we have this mindset of, well, let me hear you out first and then I'll I'll reserve my decision about whether I want to obey or not, depending on if I agree with what you say. And that's not the way. See, that's how some Americans approach the word of God. But the problem with that is it's filled with pride, filled with arrogance. Because uh, we, we imagine reserving the right of, I don't know if I agree or not with, with what you're saying, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just hold off on my, on my obedience and my agreement. Because really, the greatest form of agreement is obedience. That's the greatest form of agreement. I mean, think about it with your children. Clean up your room. How do you know when they really agree? When they do it. And when they do it with joy. 
So it's not a burden to us, but the thing with, the, with, with Christ and he, who he is and he's, his word, and we approach the, the word of God, we're not approaching a rule. When we approach the word of God, we're not approaching a rule, and we're not even approaching a principle. We are approaching a person. It's the word of God. So it's not, I'm going to wait till, you, till, you, till I hear fully what you say before I agree. That's prideful. It's, I agree before you even say it because you're the one about to say it. I know who's talking. I know who's speaking. And sometimes when I'm talking to God, I point up to Ryan and Cameron and them in the sound booth so that, that they could kind of get a, a thing of their God, but it's, it's beyond that. <laughs> and, and so it's God, I trust you. I trust you. And because I trust you, I trust your word. I'm not lifting up the word of God and the principles found in the word of God above the person of God. I'm not doing that. That's dangerous. I'm coming and saying that, God, I want to hear, understand, and obey you by obeying your word. You are no more obedient. I am no more obedient to God than I am to his word. I know, I know. Y'all should have stayed home. I get it. But the reality is we need to have this heart of if I want to hear, understand, and obey, then that, the promises that, that, that come through the word of God come from the God of the word. And so I trust him. I seek him. I'm not lifting up the Bible. Wars have happened when people lifted up the Bible above God. Tragedy and distortion happens when people lift up the Bible above God. God. And so the other aspect of that that I want, want to just tell you about is when I hear God, understand God, and obey God, that's, a, that's the first level. I need to hear him. I need to understand that, number one, it's him speaking, and I understand what he wants me to do. I don't, at that, at that moment in time, I don't understand why he wants me to do it. I may not understand exactly the dimensions fully of how to do it. He may say, go to a land I will show you. So I understand I'm supposed to go to a land he'll show me. I don't know anything else besides that. So my understanding is limited. I hear him, but I understand that it's him, and I understand what he wants me to do, and I obey that. I obey that level of understanding. And once I obey that level of understanding, more understanding comes, which gives me a greater appetite to hear him again and hear more of him. And then I hear more of him, I grow in understanding. I grow in a passion of obedience. So obedience can be contagious when it's done by love and it's done in faith. And so in this heartbeat, what I'm saying of what shall we do, I, I think God is going to be speaking to us about what shall we do, not just what shall we, not just what shall we think, what shall we believe is a great question, but our believing should always result in action, which means this. I can tell what you really believe by your actions. So it's believing. It's a faith that works. So I want us to just step into this thing of every single person having a heart that says, Lord, what shall I do? Not what shall they do. What shall I do? Because if we all have that heartbeat and we ask the Spirit of God, even all week long, what's going to happen is he's going to speak to all of us 
and we'll walk in a unity of movement together, of direction together. We'll move as one. We'll live as one. And it'll be powerful. It'll be strong. So that's the heartbeat I want, I want to just say to that. So look at verse 38. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call. So he, he's talking about being born again. The, Holy, the person of the Holy Spirit coming into you, you. When you're born again, you receive righteousness, peace, and joy. You're, you have a new creation. You are a new creation in Christ. And then he says, now, then I'm going to give you the promise of the, the, what's called the baptism with the Holy Spirit and power. I'm not talking about that this morning. I'll talk about that in a couple weeks uh, as, as the Lord just unpacks this. But, but there's a power. There's a power that we can live with. So you're, you're, you're born again, you're saved, and then you're baptized to bury your old life and walk in a resurrected new life. And then there's a power that you receive to go. And Acts 1.8 says power to be, you'll be, uh, you're, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that's talking about something after salvation. And I'll, I'll, that's another sermon I'm going to preach a little bit later. So then he says this. Um, Verse 40, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. And then those who gladly received his word. So here's some people who gladly received his word. And how do I know they gladly received it? Because they had this question, what shall we do? They were baptized, which means they took action. Boy, that's a good word right there. Write this down on your notes or put this somewhere for you. I think this is the Lord speaking something to somebody. What action has the Lord been asking you to take and you've been deaf to it? Ooh. Ooh. I, don't, I just really felt that that was a, a straight thing from the what action. What action? You say, I, I want to be obedient, God. Okay, take the, ne- take the next step. But, but I need to know, you don't have to know all of it. You don't have to know, know all of it. What you have to know is, he's speaking to you, and here's what he's speaking. Take the next step. If you knew all of it, you'd probably mess it up. Take the next step. So they took action. They were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. And then watch this. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. I'm not even going to read the rest of it. We're going to stop right there. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So the 3,000 people that heard the word were cut to the heart. Their response was, oh, what shall we do? Like, this is, this is transformative. This is changing us. This is not just the average sermon. This is not just what I've been doing in my synagogue all my life of going to synagogue and then going to synagogue and then going to synagogue and going through the rules and going through the rituals. There's inspiration in this. There's strength in this. Something is happening. The word of God, like the sword of the the Spirit is piercing my heart. It's cutting through the layers and the filters and the defense mechanisms, the dryness and the dullness and the deafness. The Word of God is cutting me. It's piercing through. And that's not always pleasant, but it's always beneficial. So Lord, cut me with your Word. 
And as he does, they begin to take action. And when they take action, they go from where they were to where God wants them to be. And part of that action was 3,000 in one place at one time. 3,000 people are now taking action. And then through this process of time, uh, this all wasn't just one day. I'm not even sure that they all were baptized in one day. It doesn't tell us exactly, but (laughs) baptizing 3,000 people, that might have been a week or a month. And so they continued. It wasn't just one weekend where, oh, I felt God moving. Oh, the worship was good. Oh, that word was good, whatever. And then you go back to your old life on Monday. It's what shall I do and keep on doing? And so they continued steadfastly. They were, they devoted themselves. Another translation says, I wish it would have said, and other people devoted them. Wouldn't you like to devote people? Like an anointing of devotion would come upon you. I devote you to the Lord. I devote you to world missions. (laughs) Bye-bye. I devote you, but it's not, no, it's devote. Isn't it funny how we can hear God so clearly, hear God so clearly for other people? So it's, I devote me. I cont- I'm steadfast, and here's what I'm steadfast, the apostles' doctrine. Now, I'm not going to be able to unpack everything I want to unpack, but I just want us to get this. Because doctrine always is about direction. It's instruction that brings direction. Doctrine is not a bunch of rules. Doctrines are not theories. Doctrine is teaching. It's teaching. It's instruction that brings direction. And you've heard me say it here a billion times that Christianity and being a disciple of Christ is not about perfection. It's about direction. And a righteous man may fall seven times in this direction, but he gets back up. You know You are receiving and you believe the word of God when the word of God changes your direction. And I'm telling you, God's plan A is to have a conversation with you about his word and the conversation will change your direction. Mature people change their direction through a conversation with the word of God. Immature people only change direction through consequences. So the reality here is they they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And so the doctrine is a pathway. It's a pathway. It's a yellow brick road. It's 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 a direction. And notice it's the apostles' doctrine. So I just want to unpack this for a minute. It's the apostles' doctrine because it's the doctrine of the apostle. Let me say it another way so it really sets in to you. The apostles' doctrine, Peter, James, John, the apostles' doctrine, the apostles' teaching was not their teaching to begin with. The apostles' teaching was the teaching of the apostle, Jesus Christ. And you don't have to turn there right now and look at it, but just trust me on this. In in the Bible, there's a couple things I want you to see. Uh, Mark chapter 12, 
Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and the religious leaders who, who had st spent their life studying the word of God. And as he's talking to them, uh, he says, there's two things. They're asking these questions and they're just ignorant questions. You ever been around people who ask ignorant questions? They're just asking these questions. And Jesus is like, there's two things that you're ignorant of. There's two things that you are unaware of. He said, you are unaware. Two things you're unaware of. Number one is the scripture. You, you, and this is, this is talking to people who spent their life studying the scripture. And see, you can know Bible history. You can know and quote verses. Matter of fact, sometimes the people who quote the verses the most are the ones to watch out for. Hitler quoted the Bible. The enemy quoted the Bible. So the Bible in and of itself, it, I believe it is the inspired word of God. But if you take God out of the word and you take a faith and dependence and a hearing and putting him first, you've, you've totally missed it. And, and so what, they, that what, what some of the, of, of the Jewish people were doing is they, they had an understanding of the word. But here's how Jesus said it. Jesus said another place. He said, you don't know the scriptures. He said, you don't know the scriptures. Uh, the second thing he said is you don't know the power of God. The miracle working power of God. So he's saying you don't know the word and you don't know the spirit. You don't know the word and you don't know the spirit. You know what you think you know, but what you think you know is keeping you from what you need to know. <laughs> and you don't know. And ignorance is not bliss. It's really painful. And so an another place he's talking to them, he said, you search the scripture. This is in John chapter 5. He said, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life. He said, yet you're not willing to come to me that you may have life. The scriptures do not give you life. I give you life. And he went on in John chapter 5 to say, Moses wrote about me. But you put your trust in Moses. It's just like people to, for God to do something, say something, do something. And we put more trust in what he did or what he said than in him. And, we, and it was a good thing. It was a God thing. It was a God thing that we made a good thing and now became an idol. Because God's over here doing, doing something else. But we're stuck with this. Because that, that's the way God moved at that time in my life. So that's all, all the way, that's only, only how he moves is right here. And so then we pass on tradition of men. There is a transforming moment in our life that became a tradition. And we, tra we pass on the tradition of men instead of the transformation of the word and the spirit. Does that make sense? So they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So... <laughs> So Jesus said, you, two things you don't know, the word and the spirit. And that's a prayer that I have many times is, Lord, I want to know your word. And God, I want, to, I, want to know, I want to know the working of your spirit and the working of your power. And so then after he was resurrected, and you can look this up in John, uh, in Luke 24, I mean. You can look this up in two places in Luke 24. But one, two, skip a few. What happened is after his resurrection, the last, one of the last things he did with his disciples um, actually hit those two things that he said, don't be ignorant of, which is the scriptures and the power of God. So after Jesus was resurrected two different times, one on the road to Emmaus and another time 
when he was in a locked room with his apostles, to, what he did is he opened their understanding. He opened their understanding of the scriptures. And what he did two different times in the Psalms and the writings and the prophets, basically all of the Old Testament scripture, what he did was he, he broke off an amazing Bible study at two different times and he went through all of the scriptures revealing who he was through the scriptures. So he's back here in Genesis and he's over here talking about the seed of the woman. He's like, see, that's me. Then he's over here talking about the Passover lamb. See, that's me. He's over here talking about, you know, uh, all these, all these different things. And it's, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. So he was showing them through the scriptures himself. So he was giving them the right understanding of the scriptures. So the right understanding of the scriptures, the right understanding of the word of God gives me the proper relationship with the God of the word. I'm not just getting history. I'm not just getting information. Like I talked to you a few, a few weeks ago about, I'm not just getting joy. It's the joy of the Lord. I'm not just getting peace. The Bible doesn't teach you about peace. The Bible does not teach you about peace. The Bible teaches you about the peace of the Lord. The Bible does not teach you about joy. It teaches you about the joy of the Lord. The Bible does not teach you about uh, how to walk in righteousness. It teaches you how to walk in the righteousness of Christ. And so we take certain concepts or certain ideas and take them out, take God out of it and bring it down to a human level and we think we got something. Well, what the Bible just called that was a perverse generation who has taken a concept that only works in God and brought it down to a human level and said, hey, guys, this is going to work. And now it's going to be different. The, the perverse generation is this generation. This time it's going to be different. We have corrected what the last generation messed up. Now we've got it right because we've worked it out when Jesus already had it worked out from the beginning. And we think we got something to show the world. And we're the generation that's going to do it. Lord Jesus. When all we need to do is hear, understand, and obey. That's all we need to do is hear, understand, and obey. And I love in Isaiah, you can read this on your own later, Isaiah. He says, uh, I think in 42 or somewhere, I don't know exactly where it is. Some, somebody might be able to help me out. But Isaiah, it says, this is about the ministry of Christ. He says, when he comes and he's, he's walking in his ministry, in the Messiah's ministry, he comes and this is what he says. He says, he'll make the high places low, the low places high, and the crooked places straight. So he'll take the prideful places and bring them down. He'll take the depressed places and bring them up. And he'll take the people who are about a quarter inch off and make them straight. He'll do that. He'll do that through his word and by his spirit. So the, one of the last things that Jesus did with his disciples is he opened the Bible and he went from all through the scriptures, he said, this is me, 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 this is me. It blew their mind. It blew their mind. They saw their Bible differently. They were like, wow, I'm not just seeing rules. Now I'm seeing Christ. Wow, I'm seeing everything differently. 
And then the last thing he did before he ascended was you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So the two things that he helped them no longer be ignorant of was the scriptures and power. And when it comes to the scripture part, it's the apostles doctrine and the apostles doctrine, the doctrine of Peter, James and John and all them, their doctrine, their teaching. Watch this. Their teaching. The teaching is always connected to the teacher. The teaching, the teaching, see, you got a lot of people teaching something that they're not living. Do what I say, not what I, and because I say it, (laughs) I think I'm right. (laughs) But in the kingdom, I'm only right if I do it. See, when we do what we say, there's more power in what we say. The teaching is always connected to the teacher. Always. So the apostles' doctrine is the doctrine of Peter, James, and John, and all the apostles. But first, because uh, their teaching is connected to their lifestyle, but first... It's the teacher, the chief shepherd of our soul. Rabbi of all rabbis. Jesus the Christ. So he says, my teaching is not my own. I got it from the Father. So doctrine is always a gift given to somebody. That's why Jesus said, come, follow me. He didn't say, come, agree with my teachings. He didn't say, come, agree with this idea. Come, agree with my teachings. What he said was, come, follow me. And by following me, I am the doctrine. This is what he said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can get to the Father except through me. Here's what he's saying. You cannot use your spiritual spidey sense. A YouTube video or something that Siri told you or you read on Google. And take it from the Bible. And think you can get to God on your own. Because it's in the Bible, you can now get to God on your own. Can't happen. That's deception. So the reality is, if I want to be devoted to the apostles' doctrine... I, if I want to be devoted to the apostles' doctrine, I need to find somebody who's walking with Jesus. And I need to, I need to, to see Jesus. I can, I can go to him myself. I can go right to him myself. But he has people in my life that he'll send me. That, that Paul said it this way, follow me as I follow Christ. Paul said it another way in 2 Timothy. Matter of fact, turn over to 2 Timothy. Paul said it in, in this way. Look at, look at what he said. This is really cool to me. Uh, let me get there myself. 2 Timothy. Make a right in your Bible. Man, this whole thing. Mm. He's talking about being strong in the grace of God. Man, that whole chapter is good. Love it. Look in verse. um, go Go to three. Go to chapter three. For sake of time, I'm, 
See, when I start getting the Bible, I lose track of time, y'all. <laughs> y'all are like, really? I didn't know that, Pastor. I didn't know you lost track of time when you opened your Bible every Sunday. Uh, verse 10. Let's get down to verse 10. Look at 3.10. This is incredible. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, my teaching, my path, the wake of my life, the direction of my life. Not just what I say, but what I And he says it, my, my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, uh, love, perseverance, persecution, afflictions, and which happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, or what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Whoo, I love that. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue. Here's that word continue again. You must continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing from whom you learned them. You can't just listen to everybody. Fads that burn through the body of Christ because everyone's excited about this new teaching that's coming scares me. And now with social media, we're watching people that we don't even know anything about their life. And that's dangerous. So you can't separate the teaching from the teacher. And that from childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture, somebody say all Scripture, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. For reproof, which is a warning, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, meaning the righteousness of God, that the man of God. I love this. I love this. See, that little phrase jumps out to me. See, it's not just the God and it's not just man. It's the, and it's not just the word. It's the word of God. So when a man submits to the word of God, the word of God makes the man a man of God. The difference between you being a man or being a woman and you being a man or woman of God is are you devoted to the apostles' doctrine? And, and let me say it this way. Are you devoted to the teaching that has dominated the life of Christ? So you can't separate the teaching from the teacher. Because then you get off, you'll get off a little bit on what the teaching is because you'll try to add something to it to help it out. And all you're doing is hurting it. That's why we go to the true, tested, living word of God. But sometimes our traditions make the word of God of no effect. While we need to be challenged, and I love a younger generation coming up who asks questions. I love a younger generation who challenges our traditions. Because I believe they're in pursuit of the truth of the word of God. But at first, that challenge can be, hold up, what you talking about? What? What? And we're like, wait a minute, you just need to believe it. Well, why? Uh, you just need to believe it. So we need to welcome questions that will actually drive us into the answers. 
As long as, oh, well, good, that's, that's a really good question. Let's see what the scriptures say. Because our worldview should not be through social media or through a perverse generation. Our worldview needs to come through what do the scriptures say? Where's Christ in the scriptures? Because Christ, the teaching, embodied, Christ, the teacher, embodied the teaching. So the living word of God became the written word of God. Uh, the eternal word of God became the written word of God. And became the word of God in flesh. So that this looks like this. The teacher looks just like the teaching. And so they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to the teacher. Through hearing, understanding, and obeying the teaching. Whose word do you obey? Whose word, whose doctrine, whose pathway are you following? Who do you listen to first? Who do you listen to last? Who do you listen to most? Is the word of God the the foundation of your faith? Or is it, I believe in God. I believe in God. I believe in God. I don't know nothing about the word, but I believe in God. Or is it, is it, Lord, open my understanding that I might see you. That I might see you. Because I can't, I can't separate. I can't separate it. Jesus said, Jesus said this. He didn't say, come to my word and you'll find rest. He says, come to me, me, the most miserable people I see on the planet are people who are, who are without Christ and you can be without Christ in a crack house or a church house. You can be without Christ with a Bible without a Bible. I'm glad you're in church, but you being in church does not mean you're in Christ. So the reality is for you, what shall I do? What shall I do? Let the word of God penetrate your heart and begin to devote, repent and believe, receive everything that, that God has for you. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and say, I am no longer going that direction. But God, I'm going to follow you. I'm not asking you to go find a new direction for your life. I'm not asking you to say, you know what? I'm going to change my direction. I'm going to start going this way. And I'm going to, here I go, God. I'm going to do it. Here I go. I'm going to go this way. I'm not asking you to change the direction of your life. I'm asking you to change the devotion of your life. And when your devotion changes to, Lord, I will follow you. Then when I follow you, you will change the direction of my life. Because the teaching, carry, the teacher carries the teaching. But if you follow the teaching without the teacher, you're going to fall prey to the lie and you're going to be deceived. And there's a lot more I could say about that. I want the worship team to go ahead and come on up. The reality is this. I want us as a church family to begin to press into what shall we do? 
What shall we do? And the, and the first thing is align my life up with the teacher. Come follow Christ. And how do I follow Christ? Well, what Jesus did is he showed himself through the scriptures. So that means you need to now come to Jesus by going to the word of God. I'm not beating anybody up. I'm not trying to. Listen, for me, I'll just tell you how it is for me. If I don't spend time in relationship with God in the word and in prayer, I start getting grumpy and I struggle. Sarah can tell. She's like, you need to go be with Jesus. Go talk to him, then we'll talk. Because what I'll do in my passion and what I'll do in my vision is I'll jump up and try to do in my strength something that, listen, I, I, tell, I told Jamie, future this. I said, Jamie, I believe this. I believe this scripture. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But sometimes what happens is I, just, I end the verse short and I say, I believe I can do all things. But what I need to do is, is come and just submit myself to Christ and to his word. And for me, if I get out of the rhythm of being in his word, if I get out of the rhythm of praying his word, and, and, and if I get out of that rhythm, I can be prone to, to getting a quarter inch off. If I had my way, if I had my way, and I could just... And just kind of be the pastor boss of y'all. This is what I would do. This is what I would do. Everybody here. This is what I would do. I would get every person in this room. Every person who says Faith Center. I believe Faith Center is my church family. Everybody in this room. I would, I would passionately encourage you. I would boss you. Into Small groups of people who I knew knew Jesus and I knew knew the, knew the word. And I would say, follow them as they follow Christ. And I would say, every month of your life, which means at least a couple times a month. We're not even trying to go every week right now. Every month of your life, you need to be with a group of people who you're doing two things privately every day. You're devoting yourself to teaching and reading and growing and praying and all those things that we're going to, we're going to look at. But then you're also devoted to the apostles doctrine, which means you, there's another teacher that you're, you're recognizing the teacher is sending you a teaching through a teacher. And you're saying, I will follow you as long as you follow Christ. And then you then become a teaching a teacher who carries a teaching and say, my life is worth following because I follow Christ. And I would, I would put every one of you in groups of people and I'd give you about a, a two months, maybe three months at the most to change groups if you don't like people. Because <laughs> everybody needs a second chance. But I would get you in groups. So what I would ask you to do is I would ask you to read the scripture all week long and start praying. God, who have you put in my life that I need to start getting with? Who is it? And I want the altar team to go and come on up because I want to call us to some action. I want the altar team. We have a prayer team uh, that, that, that's here. And, and I want the prayer team to come and come stand right up here. And don't sometimes y'all like drift off to the side. Come up to the front.
Don't be scared. Be bold. Bill, do you have, you got a mint? Maybe it's, maybe it's a mint thing. Make sure you got a mint. Maybe that's, if you don't have a mint, get to the side. But if, if you've taken a mint, you know, uh, and look, come on up here. Don't, don't be bold, be bold. Yeah, I know. Just don't look at it. Um, Because we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. So through this time of worship, I want you to respond to God. And, and, And if you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, you know you've been running your own way, doing your own thing, or you know you've been sitting up in church, hiding in church, doing your own thing. I want you to humble yourself and I want you to repent. I want you to come to God. And I don't want you to put Faith Center or John Aiken or this church family above what it's supposed to be because we should be only showing you Christ. And so if you, if, if you know you've been straying and you've been running or you've been putting other things between you and God, then today is a day of repentance for you. Today is a day to get things straight. Today is a day to put him first again. And what I challenge you to do As we begin to worship, even this first song is for you to come and say, listen, I need to put Christ first. I need to give my life to Christ. I need to give my life back to Christ. I need to quit playing around. I need to quit patty caking. I need to quit whatever. I need to to get into the Word. I need to devote myself to the doctrine of the Word of God. And I need to recommit myself as a disciple of Christ who's following Jesus by following those that Jesus brings into my life. For whatever season or whatever reason, that we're relationally, mutually accountable to one another under the Lordship of Christ. No one's the boss of you. No one's controlling you. But we're following him. We're following him. And if you're here and you're in that valley, like I said earlier, and you feel like you're just getting whooped and you're getting beat, stop believing the lie. You are the head, not the tail. You are above, not beneath. Christ has already won the victory for you. The way out of the valley is to follow him. He knows where he's going. Come to him. Come to his word. Humble yourself before him. Yield your life before him. Yield your business. I sense there's a, a person here, and I sense it's this side of the room. I don't know if that's the coffee I drank or whatever. I sense there's a person here that, that God has been telling you to yield your business to him. And you've been resisting. You've been resisting. But I sense God just wants you to know That that resistance, although you, you, you name it certain things, it's pride. And he wants to do more through your business than you could ever dream of. So give it to him. Give it to him. So I want you to just come and, and, and as we worship, and if you feel like you have a, something for somebody else, even if you don't even know them, be respectful and be kind. But if you feel like God highlighted somebody to you, go share and go pray that with that person. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we come to worship you. We come to magnify you. And your people come to respond to your word. That your word would prevail in our life. 
So, Lord, we humble ourselves in worship, in obedience, and say, have your way. We respond with action to repent and to devote ourselves to you. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.